Welcome to episode 110 of the Whatnots Review Show. Here every week we pick a different story and we talk about it. This could be a movie, TV show, anime, manga, comic book, audio drama, any kind of entertainment. We give us ourselves a week, we watch it, read it, listen to it, and then we come back here and we talk about that story. My name is Melissa Wilkinson and I am joined as always by Kyle Springer. Hello. 110 Hi, is Kyle. a lot of numbers. That's as much effort as you should be giving in anything. That's, that, that's so, more than uh, I can we've reached, count to. We've reached maximum effort. <laughs> this is the most podcast we will ever do. The most podcast. Um, yeah, yeah. How, I, it, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this one. It's been a little mm-hmm. bit uh, since we recorded last uh, we are still in the midst of all of the Black Lives Matter pr- protests and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, and we decided yes. to take the week off so people c- 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 could uh, focus on more important things. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's been a l- little wh- 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 while since you and I have recorded together. Yeah. It's nice to be back with a friend talking about something pretty cool. Indeed. Uh, w- one more thing, however, on the Black Lives Matter protests and 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 stuff. Uh, yes, something that we want to let all of you guys know is that uh, this entire month we will be donating all of the money that we get from Patreon uh, to the ACLU. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you guys uh, want to jo- join us on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash The Whatnots is where you can join us uh if you guys want to donate on your your own and you don't want to give directly to us that is totally fine as well well uh but if we were the ones that maybe got you thinking about donating or or something maybe take a screenshot of your of your receipt and let, let, let us know i think that would be fantastic to see how much money we raised by the end of the month and donated <laughs> influenced yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you do what feels right to yourself and your own heart and let us know reach out there you go exactly uh but besides that melissa how are you i've been pretty good i've got a new lamp in here which is very exciting let me adjust my camera up here one of those fangled uh like changeable dimmable light bulbs right oh that's not even in here that's in the living room Right. I've got so much lamp news, Kyle. You wouldn't believe it. There's <laughs> puts Pixar one new sh- lamp and f- puts Pixar to, to shame. I'm the new lamp master. <laughs> I'm Luxo Senior. Yeah, I put a new lamp in here that I'd been dreaming about. And finally, my local Ikea was opened up again so I could run in there and get it. And then I did, uh, after your great inspiration, buy some smart light bulbs for this lamp I have in like the dining room, living room that are dimmable and color temperature changeable. Okay. It's white, cool and white warm. Sure. It's not colors. It's just different variants of white, which is all I need. I don't need like a green dining room. <laughs> like who, who, who did hasn't want to eat their food like basked in radioactive <laughs> light. That would be fantastic. I don't know what you're That's talking how the about Hulk eats. as I speak in all of my red lights <laughs> here. So, good stuff. Hi, Jack. See you are Hi, in Jack. the chat there. Oh, it's good to have company. Yeah. 
always good to have some company. My week has been okay. Uh, of course, right like before we we took our week off, I threw out my back. Uh, so oh, I've, yeah. I've kind of been on bed rest uh, for the Ooh. past, I, I guess, coming on t two weeks. I didn't need to be this past week, but I was just like, you know what? Why not? <laughs> So that that was me. No, did a in bed. Did a medical professional recommend this to you, or were you basing this off other sitcoms you have seen, where somebody throws their back out and lies down for the rest of the episode? No medical professionals were involved. Okay. Uh, I my dad threw out his back a couple times, so he was just like, "Yeah, just Oof. stand, just stay still, don't do anything." <sighs> so I was like, "I can do that. That sounds good." <laughs> lay in bed all week Finally. and just do nothing <laughs> for the good of your yeah, health exactly uh but i watched a lot of tv and stuff which i'm sure you will hear uh -huh. about on the captain's log when we yeah exciting and as though tomorrow because we're recording tonight on a thursday night mm-hmm so, stuff good stuff but what are we here to talk about this week melissa we are talking about the fantastic four we are reading the original Stanley Jack Kirby comics from 1961. These are collected in a volume called Fantastic Four Masterworks, Volume 1, which is the first 10 issues of the comic. I found this on Comixology Unlimited. I've never directly interacted with the Fantastic Four. I mostly just know various parody versions of the Fantastic Four. <laughs> so I thought it would be good to read them and read like the origin of the Marvel Universe itself. I mean, Captain Pretty America much, predates yeah. this and possibly other things, but like, I feel like this is when Marvel becomes Marvel is with these four. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is the oldest comic book that we have read on the show. Mm -hmm. Uh. I, I, I know on the Whatnots podcast, the previous I I I iteration of this show, we watched, uh, I think, the 1917 film by Fritz Lang called Metropolis. Uh, and I think that mm -hmm. was the oldest piece of media that we've covered, but this is the <laughs> oldest yeah. comic book that we have covered. Mm -hmm. And like you, I've not read much of the Fantastic Four. Um, Except when they show up in uh, 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 other stuff. So I, I was excited to get to go back and read yeah. this, especially since it is also Stan Lee and Jack Kirby working together. Two of com mm -hmm. comics greats. Yeah, and like a, I realized this is the first time I think I had read anything that was by those yeah. two. Of course, their influence and their content you know, their creations are all over the place being worked with by uh, other artists and writers. But this is my first Stanley Jack Kirby story. So that was exciting. Good stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. well, I, just on, on that note, something I, I happened to, to, to see on the Wikipedia page for the Fantastic Four, uh, it, it sounded like uh, Stan Lee was about ready to stop making comics. Uh, right before yeah. he made this, and he was just like, you know what, I'm, uh, I think I'm done. And then they they worked together on the Fantastic Four, and it was an instant success. And they were like, oh, well, I I th I, I think we hit something here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's an afterword to this volume that Stanley wrote, and he talks about how he had been working at Marvel 
originally timely comics for like 20 years or something before he started this. And he was just doing some comics and like a bunch of other freelance writing all over the place. And his wife, Joan, was like, why don't you try focusing on comics? Like, I think if you put all your attention there, you could be really good at this. This could be the rest of your career and you wouldn't have to freelance anymore. So, yeah, that's how we wound up with the Fantastic Four. Just one big story for him and Jack to focus their attention on. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. So we'll, I, I guess, do what we normally do here on the review show, do our general thoughts, uh, do mm-hmm. a synopsis, uh, and then we'll get into some housekeeping and spoilers, stuff like that. So, Melissa, first time reading the Fantastic Four, <laughs> yeah. uh, some old school Fantastic Four, the original. Yes. What did you think? What were your general thoughts? This was, <laughs> this was really fun. It is so bombastic yeah. and over the top <laughs> and corny and nothing is explained all of the stuff just happens in front of you there's not a ton of like narrative through lines or real deep character development although i recognize that it is deeper than many other things at that time yep. it it took me a little bit to adjust to but then once i got it i got it and it was pretty easy breezy reading from there yeah i had a lot of fun with this Good. Good. Yeah, it's it's definitely a very different style of writing yeah. and just just comics in general from from what is like the modern day comic. Um, but yeah, a lot of things on this Fantastic Four run in the Marvel Universe got started in the Fantastic Four. Um, yeah, in issue two, they're fighting the Skrulls, who yeah. we saw just last year in the Captain Marvel movie. Yep. So they're going strong. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic Four is also where uh, the Inhumans got started. It's where Black Panther mm. first showed up. It's oh. uh, yeah, it's where Galactus is from, Silver Surfer, all of that stuff. They're all yeah. they're all in in this, and yeah, this is kind of the thing that solidified what we know as the Marvel universe and made it catch on. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I, I think going back and reading this, I, so I've read a bunch of the old Spider-Man stuff. So I'm a little bit more used to Stan Lee's writing. Gee, what year did that start? I know that was also in like the sixties, the mid sixties. I don't know off the t- top of okay. my head. Um, amazing spider. Yeah. And it should give me the page. There you go. Um, let's see. Marvel Comics being in the mainstream continuity of the franchise, which began publication in 63. 1960. Okay. So it was two years after this. Um. And there is an early, I, I think it's, yeah, it's, well, it's issue one. It's uh, that he, Spider-Man meets the Fantastic Four and stuff mm. like that. Uh, but then I, I don't remember what issue it is, but there's an issue where Spider-Man tr- tries to join the Fantastic Four uh, and doesn't go so <laughs> great. I think he gets rejected, and so he puts a paper bag over his head because he loses his mask, and he's they they call what? him the bombastic bag man. 
<laughs> okay. So has like Johnny or somebody left? Is he trying to be the new number four? Or is th- he like, guys, so. imagine what you could do with five. I, I, th- I think it's that, that they're they're looking for a new member and he shows up. He's like, ha Spider-Man, right? Yeah. 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 Anyone? Euler? No? Okay. <laughs> going home. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, I, I I had a lot of fun with this. I I mm-hmm. it's it's still just so d- 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 different because they pack so much into a single issue, uh, and it's like oddly broken up into chapters, uh, which is also kind of yeah. like I I oddly like that. Um, yeah, but it's 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 like four or five chapters per each issue yeah. in this volume. Yeah. Um, which then makes it a very fast-paced story because you don't yeah. get much time to like sit with the characters or stuff like that. So it's like we said, it's kind of very surface level. Um, yeah. For, for for what it is, um, but it's it's a lot of fun because yeah, they just do these crazy things and get get get, get into into the wildest situations. <laughs> I, my mom asked me what we were covering on the podcast this week, and I told her, like, oh, we're reading the old Fantastic Four comics from 1961. And she's like, oh, 1961. I wonder if there's anything in there that's talking about the social issues of the time that we're c- continuing to struggle with today. Like, she's getting real deep. And I'm like, oh, mom, I'm sorry to tell you. It's just space alien nonsense. <laughs> there's a man who walks in and out of the sea. Every now and then there is some stuff. I, I know in Spider-Man, because he's in college. Mm. And so that was like the college yeah. experience and stuff of like people protesting the Vietnam whoa, 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 and, mm-hmm. and, and, st- and stuff like that. Um, and and or I, I guess his his first like year or so he's still in high school but yeah like it there is that stuff in a lot of their comics but mostly the fantastic four is just bombastic science adventures yeah space <laughs> aliens alternate dimensions weird underwater men that walk out of the sea and forget who they are and <laughs> <laughs> aliens who can shape shift and, and and stuff like that yeah so there's there's some emotion behind it. Like mm-hmm. thing thing was surprisingly compelling. Yeah, yeah I, I think they are the or thing is the heart of the team. Uh, yeah, I, I think the what stood out with this comic that they didn't really have much of at the time, uh, which made this book a hit, was the like dysfunctional family. Uh, which yeah. we look back and it's like, oh, they're just your typical like leave it to beaver family but they they are this like dysfunctional lovable they don't like each other they hate each other at times they have these like petty arguments but at the end of the day it's like oh we're all family like put her there yeah there's a lot of times when ben and or johnny tries to leave (laughs) and sue and reed are like really ambiguously a thing and then she falls for namor and then later reed is like i thought we were gonna get married eventually (laughs) (laughs) sue and johnny despite being siblings seem to not be close at all yeah so let's let's uh do a sort of synopsis Mm. i i I guess we read 10 issues and they're they're kind of monster of the week um, so yeah. it's hard to, to do a, a, like a basic synopsis, but 
if you did not know, this follows uh, Dr. Reed Richards, um, as well as uh, Su- <laughs> Susan Storm uh, and her younger brother, Johnny Storm, as well as Ben Garim, uh, as they mm-hmm. travel out into space to uh, do some science experiments when it goes horribly wrong. They crash back down to Earth. They've been affected by this radiation, uh, and it has given them superpowers. They are now the Fantastic Four. Uh, Mm -hmm. And they, yeah, just immediately start going on all of these crazy adventures uh, from monsters that they fight that are underneath the Earth to space aliens uh, to Prince Namor. Uh, who lives underneath <laughs> the sea? He's kind of like Marvel's equivalent of Aquaman. Uh, yeah, they meet Doctor Doom. There's also, <laughs> there's also an issue where they're just bankrupt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that they they go on some wild and crazy adventures. Mm-hmm. Like we said, they're kind of a dysfunctional family. Uh, yeah, have some petty squabbles and and stuff like that. But they are Marvel's first family. Mm-hmm. So, good stuff. Uh, did you want to add a- a- anything to that? Something else that people might uh, need to know I before d- checking this out? I imagine this is pretty common knowledge, but just because we didn't overtly mention it, the specific superpowers they get, Reed can turn real bendy. He calls himself Mr. Fantastic. He can, like, stretch his arms and legs and become shapes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sue turns invisible. She's called... The Invisible Woman or Invisible Girl, I think, is how she's initially introduced. Yeah. Uh, Johnny can catch himself on fire and then fly around because he's lighter than air and he's the human torch. And poor Ben just becomes a big, thick, strong rock man. And he's like, don't even call me Ben anymore. I am the thing. I'm just a thing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, 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 it's a fun series to go back and and look man this is where it all started basically um i do happen to know that uh namor was around in marvel comics before the, 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 this and stuff like that um, oh that makes sense yeah so, yeah it's 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 not the first time the marvel yeah 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 universe existed but this is kind of where it all cemented good stuff a little bit of housekeeping for you, though. Yeah. You guys did not know we have multiple podcasts here at The Whatnots. Uh, you guys can find them all and ch- check them out on our website, thewhatnots.com. Uh, I mentioned the captain's log at the start of this. That's our mm-hmm. off-topic show. We just goof off, share stories, play games, do yep. whatever we want on that one. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, if you guys like what we did do uh you guys can support us at patreon.com slash the whatnots uh for as little as a dollar a month you guys can get episodes early you guys can get some exclusive content we just recently put up an exclusive episode of the reactor core uh in which melissa and i were reacting to 90s movies trailers for movie trailers Mm -hmm. from the 90s not 90 of them in total because that would be a lot (laughs) but uh, (laughs) but yeah 
that's fun. That's on there. We could have done a top 100 list, but we were 10 away and we got too tired. So it's only 90. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So yeah, you guys can go check out all of that stuff on our Patreon uh, or by by supporting our Patreon and all all of that stuff is on our website. Uh, I believe that is about it. We mentioned we are donating all of our Patreon money this month Mm -hmm. to the ACLU. So don't forget about that. Yeah. That'd be great. I think uh-huh. that's about it for housekeeping stuff. Uh, Thank you for being a part of our house, listeners. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I, I guess one last thing I do want to mention that I almost forgot about this week. Uh, as of tomorrow, from when we are recording this, Artemis Fowl is coming out. Yeah. And it is a favorite <laughs> book of Melissa and I, so we will be doing an episode yes. of the Reactor Core on that. Be on the lookout for that as well. Yeah, the Reactor Core is a podcast we do that's kind of like the review show, but it is for brand new hot things. And we do a little bit more of a a plot breakdown point by point instead of this all over discussion you're going to enjoy here today. But this uh, Artemis Fowl one is like 20 years in the making. So, (laughs) right. This is a a book we, this is a young adult fantasy series that we both read as children. And in the back of the first book, which I read at 10 years old, it said, hey, keep an eye out for this upcoming movie. (laughs) And this thing has been delayed so many times. And finally, like, I'm like less than 24 hours away from like laying eyes on this thing. I'm so excited. Exactly. Be on the lookout for that. But I think that is all for housekeeping Mm -hmm. uh, for now. Let's get into spoilers there we go we're officially in spoiler territory uh to be honest it's kind of hard to spoil this one because plot wise (laughs) there's not much that happens i think i already said the biggest thing which is that sue falls for namor (laughs) i think that's the most plot relevant thing that happens yeah it's it's a lot of I mean, like we said, it's Monster of the Week, basically. Mm. Um, we get to see the Mole Man. We get to see all the monsters that are underneath the Earth. Uh, we get to meet Isn't Namor. Is the first villain? Yeah, he is the first one that they meet, yeah. They start at Mole Man? <laughs> yeah. Uh, who is, like, destroying nuclear reactors by using monsters, by, like, manipulating them with a magical pan flute or something like that it's ridiculous it is over the top bomb fantastic uh i while i was reading this i did keep a running list of the silliest things that happened so i have notes for this yes yes um but just just off 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 the top here yeah they they meet the mole man they meet namor uh they meet dr doom they are attacked by shape-shifting aliens called the scrolls um Mm -hmm. dr doom is launched into space on an asteroid uh they and then in in the last or second to last issue stanley and jack kirby themselves appear in their office talking to each other like who's our next villain gonna be for the next issue of fantastic four and then dr doom walks into the room it's like i have some ideas (laughs) no he literally says did someone say my name because they're like oh it's a shame we sent dr doom into space he'd be so great so he walks in and says did someone say my name and then one of them says how did you save yourself from being hurled into endless space and he says 
We will not discuss it now. <laughs> that is a story for another time. It's, it's like that, that, that meme, if, if you're a Kingdom Hearts fan, that meme of Mickey oh. Mouse when he walks in and he has on the Organization 13 hood. He's in all black and he's like, did somebody say the door to darkness? <laughs> Just like, yeah, Mickey, what are you doing? <laughs> That's what this whole book is like. <laughs> it's, it's so much fun, though. Because it's so wacky. Mm -hmm. they, they start, it, they they go bankrupt, and they start in a movie that Namor is is putting on, <laughs> which is all a trap. <laughs> so Namor, uh, Namor's entire narrative is wild. I need to talk about him. So Johnny leaves the team, which he tries to do several times in these ten issues. Yeah. He leaves the team, and he goes to like um. Uh, like a man's halfway house it's, it's, and just it's in a one of other for men <laughs> yeah hotel hotel for men <laughs> my favorite fragrance johnny i, I hotel poor hom johnny i don't think that's the kind of hotel you want to stay at there buddy <laughs> <laughs> but i can get myself clean i can have a good meal i can do whatever i feel <laughs> So he's, he's he's in this man hostel and there's this other like bearded ragged guy there and somebody is reading a Namor comic book. So yep. it makes sense you said Namor already existed. Comic books exist in this world. Mm -hmm. This is why Stanley and Jack Kirby themselves are in it. So it, somebody looks at the comic book and looks at this bearded like sort of glassy eyed rambling guy and is like, wait a minute kind of looks like namor and then johnny uses his flame powers he like fine-tunes his flame powers to like burn the beard off of he his face he burns away like, his oh, heck. hair gives him a haircut by burning right. it off it must have smelled horrible in there god it smells like seaweed he's an underwater man it's i mean have, have, have you smelled burning hair before though have you like straightened your, your hair and accidentally burned it no because i'm careful <laughs> but i get what you're going yeah, for it smells bad <laughs> but namor gets a haircut and a shave and he has forgotten who he is. I don't know how. And then he like wakes back up. He finds his like magic horn. Well, they, they wake he him blows up by throwing horn. him in the water. Oh my god, that's right. Like, we'll they drag you down water. to the ocean. <laughs> once, once he's wet again, he remembers his true self. <laughs> he blows this horn. Uh, like he's fighting the Fantastic Four, and Sue panics and says, "I'll marry you if you stop this." <laughs> well, because he's. He's attracted to 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 her, and she's always kind of been attracted to 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 him. And she's just he's like, you know what? Screw it. I'll 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 sleep they, with you. I'll marry you if you just stop this. They don't know each other for that long. It's like a handful of pages. They have very few interactions before she's like, minutes. well, I don't know. I'll marry you. Yeah. Is a bride what you want? I'll do that if you'll stop attacking my friends. <laughs> It's not his idea. It's her idea. Yeah. It's it's so weird. That's how you know your relationship is in trouble, Reed. You gotta watch out for these red flags. 
Did your girlfriend threaten to marry an underwater prince? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should have put a ring on it, as Beyonce once said. Right. He's going to put, like, um a, some coral on it. Yeah. I don't know. Probably, like, a pirate treasure ring that sank to the bottom of the sea. There is an issue about pirate treasure that we have to get to. Yeah. Well, let, let's, let's cont- cont- continue with... Uh, the interact the inter- interactions with Namor first. Let's do all of mm-hmm. that stuff. Is it Namor? Is it Namor? I I go back and forth. I've heard both. Okay. I've I I hear Namor a lot. I I, I think that is the correct one. Namor. Hmm. But I don't know exactly. I don't really care <laughs> well, enough. Quote the Raven. Namor. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, yeah, like, she is, is like, hey, I'll marry you, uh, and he's like, well, mm-hmm. that, that, sure, why not? That sounds okay. good. I can, I can yeah. have a princess, or a, a queen, or whatever. Also, I think, like, the rest of Atlantis is, like, destroyed or something. He's the only person down there. He, it's just him and Fish. I, I, I think he thinks they're out there. Like, he knows that his, uh, his people right. are oh, okay. out he's, like, he's just like, I don't know what happened to them. Oh, they were like um, bombed, not bombed, but it was like nuclear testing. Mm-hmm. Like they were just near testing, you know, the human scientists have no idea there's Atlanteans down there. So I think they were like, it looked like things were destroyed or he was like separated from his people and something like that. And now it's just him in this Atlantis castle alone with a bunch of fish, a TV that works <laughs> and a framed photo of Sue. And Sue has a framed TV. photo of him. Right. Um. Yeah. So he he's kind of wanting to restart his kingdom, but he's mm-hmm. angry at the land dwellers uh, for destroying Atlantis. So he wants to wage war on them and stuff. And so that's mm-hmm. that's whole hit. Then that's his kind of villainous thing. And is he just like ah humans? I hate you. You destroyed my home and my people. Mm-hmm. I will have revenge. Yep. He talks exactly like that. Namor is the best because he uh he is always wearing a speedo, yep. really intense eyebrows. He has like weird little wings like on his ankles. Looking right, he looks like Spock. <laughs> he, he looks like male model Spock. I'm doing swimsuit model Spock is who he is. He's always yelling. The man is always turned up to 11. He has this horn that he blows. He hates everything that isn't Sue. He's a delight. Exactly. Yeah. Um, So he's wanting to get back at that. uh, But then, yeah, we, so we, we get in an issue where the fantastic four go broke randomly just all of a sudden we have no money oh no what are we gonna do there is no lead into this and i think they explain it that like it takes so much maintenance to just keep all of twice twice in these 10 issues we get a cross section of their tower and all the stuff in it extra building thank you i was like it's not the richards building what is it it's not the The fantastic building building. who's baxter uh oh god i don't even remember off the t- top of my head uh that's something i should know let's see let's look it up baxter building baxter building 
If I know why it's called that, I think I'll remember better. Uh, but yeah, so they've got like um, a column inside the building where they keep a rocket ship <laughs> surrounded by uh, like vibration proof walls. So like one of them can take off in the rocket ship and the other ones can like keep resting. <laughs> it won't mm-hmm. bother them. They have like all these different labs, places to put their like jet planes and cars and stuff. Like they've got an entire James Bond set up up there on the top four floors of this building. I don't know yeah. how they got it. But yeah, that's how they go broke just suddenly in one issue. Like, well, we have to keep paying like contractors and handy people and mechanics for all of this. <laughs> and that's how they like, and then they get this movie deal. And it's only once they've already signed, I think, that they find out that Namor is the producer. Namor got himself to land and set up a movie production studio. Yeah. And he's and he's like, oh, there's not a script. Uh, I'm just going to drop you here each of you and you're going to fight a monster just do what you would do and we're going to film you fighting the monster and we'll edit it together and that's the movie so he thinks he has killed reed and shawnee and ben and then he's like well sue uh i'm the only one left i also killed your brother who was not a threat to me i just didn't like him i guess (laughs) just wanted him out of the way just in case Uh, so the Baxter building, of course, is mm. the uh, Fantastic Four's hideout. Um, it was located on 42nd Street and Madison a- 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 Avenue in New York City. Uh, it was built in 1949 by the Leland Baxter Paper Company. Okay. Uh, originally designated as a high-rise industrial site to accommodate pulp recycling machinery to serve the mid-Manhattan area. Area. Pulp recycling is our legacy. Each floor, uh, <laughs> each floor height is twenty-four feet, and the top five floors of the thirty-five-story building were p- purchased outright by the Fantastic Four. With what money? <laughs> well, so he's he's also a scientist, so I'm sure he's putting out patents and inventions and stuff like that. That's how the, the <laughs> X-Men do all of their stuff. <laughs> like liquid paper and like a, a coffee maker just normal appliances and household goods that were new in 1961 they just retcon yeah. it like oh yeah reed made that reed in- invented the cuisinart <laughs> right instead instead of cuisinart it's richards i got my new richards blender yeah yeah, um, but but yeah. So this movie is completely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. That that's what they think the answer is. Like, well, let's just go to Hollywood and make a movie. That'll right. solve it all. Like, it works we'll, we'll... for the Muppets when they run out of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it it ends up being a trap, like you explained. Uh, yeah, I think that is one of the most ridiculous. Like, one of the most ridiculous ones without it actually being very ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there there is some stuff, like, these are larger-than-life characters in that world. They're not necessarily strangers to people with powers. Yeah. It's still... They're still like, I don't know if they actually exist. Like, we know Namor fought in World War II and, and, and stuff like he did? that. You know, he did. Actually, Alongside Wolverine? Um, 
Captain Yeah, Captain alongside America. Wolverine, Captain America, and the original Human Torch. Um, Johnny Storm is not the first one. Uh, oh. Well, I know there was one that was a robot because they made this into a cartoon one, yeah. and they didn't want kids uh, playing with fire. So they're like, well, let's just replace the man with a robot and the kids you won't You can do it, kids. Him. Light yourself on fire right, right. now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they they do that. They um, it, it, It's just, it's like, it's one of those things that you, you would think if there are characters like that in their world, sure, they're going to be making comic books about characters yeah. like that, which they are. They're going to mm. be making movies about characters like that, which apparently they are. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like it, it's, it, it actually oddly fits, but in the way it's presented, it's just like, wait, what? It's like what? whiplash from, <laughs> from aliens attacking, and then it's like, oh, we have no money. Let's uh, let's go make a movie instead. What's wild about it is that even after like Namor is defeated and walks away at the end, which he does, like I think they watch him slowly, seriously walk into the sea, and that's how he exits the story <laughs> and is defeated. He beyond that, it's so funny. Beyond that, <laughs> the film continues to be released. There's somebody at this company that Namor started as a sham. Like, well, that's we like, got all this film. Right, we what filmed we it. Like, it, we're right? going to edit like, it together. We're going to release it. And it's a hit. The American public loves the sham of a Fantastic Four movie, which I feel like is an ironic precursor to the... Um, <laughs> The, the fantastic the fantastic four movies, no um, specifically like the 90s one the roger corman trash can one sure. that the studio made in like 10 days just to keep the rights to the movie and it was yeah. never intended to be released and i think there's bootlegs of it floating out there i've been mm -hmm. meaning to get my hands on one of them i need to see this thing because it's apparently got like all the trappings of a film and had to be close enough to a film to show like the rights holders. Yeah. We, we made a legitimate attempt at this. So like you should let us keep the rights to the fantastic four and then we can try again. But you know, it's made uh, for no budget in no time and it shows. Yeah. <laughs> I think they had to release it in like one theater as part of a legal deal. Oh man. I love stories like this. I'm happy there's one in the comics. Yep. Yep. They get to do that stuff. I, I remember <sighs> in Ultimate Spider-Man, mm. that's right in the midst of when they're making all the T Tobey Maguire mm. Spider-Man movies. And so that is happening in his universe. And, and he's like, oh, man, I wonder who they got to play me and then he, he, he's sitting there like oh toby mcguire like <laughs> i don't look anything like him <laughs> we should all be glad to be played by toby mcguire in a film <laughs> good stuff um so yeah I, and then i think uh no more and dr doom end up t teaming up at one point uh in these comics um yeah it's wild stuff let's talk about the introduction to dr doom because okay. the initial introduction is what I expected. It's an old college colleague of Reed's who got too deep into the science. He like blew himself up. His face is all scarred. That's why he's wearing that metal mask. He also got into sorcery. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so he's got this blend of mad science and dark magic. 
they don't get into what's his com- uh, his country named Latveria. Latveria. Yep. Thank you. Isn't he like a royal? He's like Prince Lat Duke something. He, he, he's like the ruler. Okay. We see that he has a castle, and that's yeah. not really explained. So that part of the story isn't there yet. But the rest of it's like, okay, this this seems like what I was expecting out of the Doctor Doom origin. Doctor Doom's plan is he kidnaps Sue as like collateral, and then he sends Johnny and Reed and Ben on a time travel mission to go back and bring him Blackbeard's treasure chest. Yes. Which is an adventure on its own. Ben Gagarim, who is, we'll, we'll get more in, into him, I'm sure, mm-hmm. in, in a sec. He's having mixed thoughts of like, I don't, I don't like me yeah. being the thing because no one likes me. I'm ugly. Yeah. Um, and he gets to be a pirate. He ends up becoming black. So in the Marvel universe, Ben Grimm is the pirate black beard. Okay, this is what's so wild about the storyline. They are sent back to pirate times. I love yep. that this story is like, we're going to introduce this cool new villain, Dr. Doom. He's immediately disappearing because he is sending the heroes on a time adventure. You won't see him for several chapters. <laughs> so the gang goes back to pirate times. They're wearing their uniforms, so they have to steal clothes to look like pirates. And they take a fake beard the thing like these real pirates had possession of a fake beard which i don't understand what they they just gave someone else a a haircut and (laughs) made it themselves yes like i don't know when in the world fake beards came into play but i guess it's now so the thing is wearing this big thick black costume beard and yep. it turns out it's a time loop where he was Blackbeard all along. Philip J. Fry is his own grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> so he 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 wants to stay because um, he likes being a pirate. He ends up not staying. <laughs> He's wear that fake beard for the rest of his life. Yep. <laughs> and and he, he ends up not staying. They convince him to not stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they end up dumping the treasure into the o- o- ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought at one point was going to circle back around. And yeah. like, and that's how Namor got, you know, more of his riches. <laughs> to open that or movie like studio. That. Or, yeah, or, or, or just like one day he's just sitting there with his big staff sitting on his throne and then all of a sudden there's a bunch of like gold that just falls on top of him. Just a necklace of pearls just Ow. delicately oh, floats down around his yeah. neck. He's like, I feel beautiful. That's what I've always wanted. Oh, we should also note that he named his movie studio SM Studio for Submariner. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think they mention when they drop the treasure in the ocean, oh boy, I hope Namor doesn't find this in the future. Uh, and as of yet, he has not. But maybe this is in the next volume of comics. Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, th- so then Dr. Doom is there. And he, like, he, like you said, we don't really get much of yeah. what ends up becoming Dr. Doom. We get mm. his basic, basic origin story but we don't know about latveria yet um 
He and looks yeah, he, cool. He's just he's kind of d- doing his mad scientist thing. He does. They they have one issue with him where he switches bodies. Yeah, Richards. That was fun. That was a good 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 one. I I liked that one. I dug um, the art in that one a lot because Doctor Doom as Reed Richards is drawn in this like like the l- outlines on him are like a little thicker and his whole face is more like elastic and dynamic and he's got these real like rubbery arched like supervillain yeah. eyebrows. Yeah. And yeah. then Reed as Doctor Doom just looks the same because he has a, a metal mask and mask can't on. do too much with that. He just looks sad. That's right? All. It feels sadder. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, so I, I, I think I liked Namor and Doctor Doom the best. I, I, I think the space stuff um, was, at the time... A little too bombastic for me, a little too strange. I, mm-hmm. I, I know they, they dive more into that stuff, but I, I think I didn't like it as much because they didn't actually explore it. Yeah. It's like, all of a sudden, there's a- 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 aliens with giant foreheads, and their technology is, like, so far advanced, except they didn't know how to, like, make another rocket ship. Like, or They're like, we only ever made to- two. We have or, three, maybe. Or to make a gun to, like, blow up the asteroid or a shield or something. Like, right. They no can't figure it out. Shield? They have to call on, Reed. Guys. They're like, there's an asteroid coming towards our planet. We've got, like, a hundred million citizens and only two spaceships. Reed Richards, what do we do? And then Reed's yeah. idea is I'm going to shrink all of you down so that all of you can fit on one spaceship together. Which is very silly, but inventive. Like I kind of like that. Yeah. That's the solution. Yeah. It, it. So the the like wacky sci-fi stuff mm-hmm. that they do really call, 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 calls back to a lot of sci-fi comics um, that that they that they did in the twenties and the forties mm-hmm. and stuff like that. There's one that I was reading on Comicsology. I don't remember the name of it. I'm gonna see if I can look it up while we continue yeah. to talk. Um, but yeah, it is this like wacky space adventure, like like brightly colored, oddly uh, mm. like hard sci-fi stuff, and it's just like this is actually really cool what they do with this stuff. But uh, just like it, they don't really take t- time to explore it, which is I, I think ends up being the downside. Um, when it's only that sci-fi stuff then i think it makes a little more sense but when it's Mm -hmm. like okay sci-fi over here making a movie over there uh (laughs) dr doom with like magic and you know it's just like i like i kind of wanted more but because we didn't get it i ended up liking it less yeah these stories feel very scattered like there's not really any repeating motifs or like, oh, these guys mostly fight sci-fi villains or fantasy villains or regular criminals or something. It's really all over the place. They don't have much of an identity as superheroes. It's not like they've got a particular mission. There's like, yeah, we're the Fantastic Four. Uh, if we live in this tower, if you need us, shoot a four into the sky. We'll yeah. be there for, you know, whatever. If you need something stretchy or invisible or on fire. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's still, it's still fun though. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that I like 
didn't like them or wasn't enjoying it. It's still fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, just like I, I I think I liked the more grounded stuff. Yeah. Uh, Let's let's talk a little bit more about the Fantastic Four as a family and their dynamic because I I think that is that is part a a major part of the grounded aspect Mm -hmm. there. Um, so Reed and Sue kind of have a thing yeah. going on. Uh, ben also kind of has a thing for Sue, but he's mm. kind of constantly not really the third wheel, but just like the like, ah, oh, she likes him. Like, uh, what do I yeah, got to make you he, notice me? Exactly. Huh? Like, what am I going to do? I'm a rock man now. Like, he still yeah. kind of pines for her, but he knows his chances are shot. And Sue and Reed themselves are interesting because I think she's introduced as here's Reed Richards, super scientist, and his girlfriend, Susan. But then they don't do any anything romantic. Like, it seems yeah. like they're just co-workers for the majority of these issues. Until at the end, I think, she, sometime towards the end, I think he mentions like, you know, Sue, I always thought that uh, if the time was right, that you and I would settle down. Tie the knot. If you yeah. Know what I mean. I'm a yeah. knot. Look, let's see this visual representation I'm doing with my big stretchy arm. Look, <laughs> this could be us. How do and I know there used to be a way to look at your borrow history. Ah. Um, I don't know. That's what I need to do. Uh, well, you have fun with that. So you've got those two. You've got Ben, who's, of course, the the hothead of the team. He is the most, uh, mm-hmm. of course, the most transformed by this entire experience. He feels like I have no life anymore. Yeah. I This is why he's like, just call me the thing. Like, I don't feel like I'm the man I was. I can't be. And repeatedly, he is teased with his power. Like, his rock form will go away for a second. And he's like, oh, I'm... I'm Ben again. And then just like 10 seconds later, it comes back and he's like, no. no. Whereas the rest of them can kind of turn things on and off. I think like Sue has some moments where she's like, oh, I've I've gone invisible. But other times she's like, I will now turn invisible. And Reed is like, I will now stretch. And Johnny's like, Mm -hmm. I will now burst into flame. And the thing's just the thing all the time. Can't do anything about it. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, he, he can control, he, he seemed to be, well, Johnny Storm was able to control it and fine-tune it. Yeah, yeah. Susan ended up kind of being able to control it for the most part. Yeah. Uh, Reed knew how to control it, kind of, but didn't know his limits and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, but then, yeah, with with uh, Ben, he was just stuck. <laughs> I want to say that the longest stretch that Reed does is for the least important thing. I think they're like trying to open the door to their rocket and there's it's something like, ah, oh, I need this one part that's on a different floor of the apartment. Well, I'll just stretch my arm up real far through like yeah. all of the grates and the chutes and everything. And then he's like, oh, my arm hurts. I won't do that again. And I'm like, Reed, you could have taken an elevator. What's this for? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, they... They are still figuring out their powers. Mm. I, I I know they end up getting better at them and stuff like that. I, I guess that's the right way to say it. Um, but 
yeah, I mean, we're still in the discovery haze. We are still fine. Like, I don't think they name their big building. No, no. Do they? Do they, they do. call it the Baxter Building? I I don't think they do. If but, they yeah, do, like, it's like once or twice. That. We yeah. don't get. Yeah, like we we don't get uh, a lot of explanations for things or who these people are no. or or what they do. Like, there's there's almost nothing to them. Um, I I think the one that is the weakest is Susan. So, 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 mm-hmm. Uh, just because she is basically the woman on the t- team she is the girl right and this um, was 1961 when that was all the characterization you needed was uh, and there's a girl basically, one yeah. yeah which doesn't uh, mean she's oh, she's not unpleasant i still liked reading her i knew she would eventually grow into things as the story went on yeah um I, I I think for me the, the the stuff that really stood out about them was the Ben Grimm stuff and just how yeah. much he really really hated his powers. Yeah. Because um, because ev- everyone else doesn't seem to have a problem with their powers. Mm-hmm. Johnny of course is using it to show off and get some ch- chicks and stuff like that. Uh, and Sue is maybe the most helpful with her powers yeah reed is using them around just to like oh that thing i left is upstairs i'll (laughs) stretch and go get that thing upstairs but like it stood out so much that ben is like i don't want to be this like i don't want to be a superhero i don't want to be someone who has to go out and fight all all, all of this stuff i just want to be a normal person Mm -hmm. Um, which i which I, i i think is a fantastic bit for a character. Yeah. He is the reluctant hero uh, who still just wants to be a good person. Mm-hmm. Right? Like he's still it's like, ah, oh, well, I I guess I do have these powers and these yeah. are my best f- 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 friends and my family. Like I I should help them, but uh, I I don't like this. You know? Yeah, and he's it, it, it stands out and I, I I think that is the emotional weight of of this book that is the thing that i think i was like i want to see if there's more of this yeah i like his perspective that he's he does not have a particular drive to be a superhero he doesn't think anything he does is fun or cool but he's what else is he going to do he's just at absolute loose ends he does not know how else to live his life like I guess I'm boxed into this. He seems to not care about his his, fe- his fellow Fantastic Three terribly much, except for his crush on Sue. He does not like Johnny. Johnny and the thing keep fighting, and then one of them will storm away and threaten they, they, to leave. They are more like brothers than yeah. they actually realize. Yes. Because um, mm. I I I have the so the thing the most Fantastic Four centric thing that I have read was a recent run on Marvel t- Team Up, mm-hmm. uh, in which um, it's the Thing and John, John, Johnny Storm looking for Reed and Sue and their kids um, as a- after the events of this e- event book, and they yeah. have disappeared, uh, and they are they are like. They're still out there somewhere. 
but they're again still at wit's end they don't like each other but at the end of the day it's they're just like look our family might still be out there we need mm-hmm. to go find them and it, it, it was fantastic no pun intended <laughs> um but yeah like i like i really really like that aspect about them that they are they they, they fight they are yeah you they're just like oh you knucklehead get back here yeah you know it's good it's fun to watch them mm-hmm. like, oh that's just ben and johnny yeah and i think in these in the last issue, it is teasing, like, and look next issue for more information on the backstory of the Fantastic Four. Because when we meet them in the first issue, they're, like, already superheroes. You see them all rushing to the scene of this crime, and there's, like, these little flashback pages of the four of them getting together on this rocket ship, going to space and coming back, and they have powers. And I think yeah. it's just, we're just told what their relationship is. But I would like to see... Like, how do Reed and Ben know each other exactly? How did Reed meet Sue? Uh, Why does Sue always have her little brother tagging along? Do they have parents? Where are they at? Yeah, and why did she think it was a good idea for them to sneak on a a, a U.S. like space base and steal the rocket and fly to space with? (laughs) No, I just think it's funny that they're like, yeah, it takes the four of us to launch a rocket into space, and that's it. We don't need uh, any technicians on the ground, the four of us only, and look, we are in the galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's fun. Like, I, 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 I think... Despite not getting much of who these characters mm-hmm. are, I I, no. I do think I do think I want to know more. Like I I'm yeah. led to be like I I actually like these guys. Like they are likable despite me not knowing much. So, yeah, good, good job on yeah. that stuff. So we had to delay our recording a couple days because your power went out over the weekend. It did. How yeah. did that go? Uh, yeah, so a Transformer blew up in our neighborhood. The Decepticon showed up. It was a big <laughs> yeah. fight. Um, yeah. Yeah, but no, a, a Transformer blew up, and yeah, power went out for a few hours, most of the, 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 of the day. Um, but it, it was just like, well, I, I guess we just have to deal with this now. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it was... <laughs> But I told you, since we were going to record a couple days later than we had planned, I offered you a little challenge because I said, I've been reading this thing. These characters are interesting, but they're still fairly shallow. The Fantastic Four have been rebooted multiple times. They're going to be rebooted again. What What is your version of the Fantastic Four? If you were doing it, what would you want to see? Because I've had something I've been thinking about all week. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I, I I guess I'm thinking more in terms of how I would want to see them brought into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, uh, yes. I want it set in the 60s. Yes, yes. Put it back yes. in the 60s. Uh, I want, like, Mad Men-style, like, <laughs> looking suit. Like, They're right there take, on Madison Avenue. Yeah, take that TV show and just make it the Fantastic Four in, 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 instead. Um, at the same time, I, I like I, I want a mix of like a good like family story, like hey, family mm-hmm. sticks together and all that stuff. I do want the like interesting like 
government espionage stuff mixed in there because I yeah think I like that people that uh, are not only are scientists but I I'm sure at the time would have been working on weapons or government contracts and stuff like that so maybe they meet a young Nick Fury again or yeah. something or like young Nick Fury senior. Yeah. yeah, or like a Ooh. young Hank Pym or something. Like, I think that would be fantastic. Um, and I, but I, I also do want them to get into like wacky sci-fi stuff. Yes, but I want it to be more like sixties and seventies themed. Like how, like more psychedelic. Ooh, yeah. I'd like to see them go into like corny old uh, James Bond escapades. Okay. Just constantly going to lairs that are half volcano, fighting yeah. people who are like painted gold or have like a hat with a knife in it or metal teeth. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, that would be good. They have a giant laser aimed at the moon. How do we stop right. it? Exactly. Like that's what I want. Lasers. Everything is lasers, yep. rockets, uh <laughs> acid vapors yeah sounds good yeah poison like, perfumes I, I i think i like that or if they do a modern t- take like i want mm-hmm. it to be very very sci-fi like just go yeah all in with the sci-fi do a story about artificial intelligence which i guess they kind of already did with avengers but like yeah. that and alternate dimensions like i like they would be it's especially since the mcu is just starting to explore alternate dimensions and stuff like mm-hmm. that and we know the fantastic four deals with that they deal with the negative zone uh we already have the quantum realm in, in yeah in the mcu like i would want them to deal with that if they were in modern day times um yeah just, like give me hard science like we watched primer uh which is a oh, film. make it like that level of God, just, i like, would love that just like hard sci-fi that you will not understand you have to watch it four times and like they have broken down exactly how sue turns invisible but it is so high level jargon yes nobody understands but like if you if you give this to a scholar like they'll They'll say yeah "Yeah, that all checks out yeah (laughs) makes sense they've written a new theorem cool that would be so cool i dig that yeah i'm excited to see how they're gonna fit into the mcu and i think they would be a really good branch between the cosmic side of things yeah something like captain marvel or guardians and something like ant-man that is more science-based sure sure yeah we don't know what Captain Marvel is necessarily up to. We also know that Nick Fury is out there. The scrolls mm-hmm. hanging out. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> one of the wildest things about these comics to me is that what they do to get rid of the scrolls is that they hypnotize them into turning into, because they're shapeshifters, they can turn into anything. They turn into cows and are hypnotized to believe they've always been cows. They are cows. What's a scroll? So there's just like three cows in a pasture, chewing on grass, living a happy life. And then Reed's like, ha ha ha, they don't remember that they are scrolls. They'll never hurt us again. And that's haunting to me. What if somebody tries to, can you milk that cow? 
What if you ate that and cow? That's what how is we it? Got strawberry milk, <laughs> chocolate milk. I don't know. Um, it's a, from an alien cow. So scroll cows are actually a thing in the Marvel <laughs> what? universe. Um, they often refer to, to those three, uh, but there are more of them. They're the Marvel <laughs> like, wiki, uh, or a, according to marvel.fandom.com in their wiki, mm. they say that there are thousands of scrolls. Um, what? See, blah, blah, blah. Let's, the first uh, just turned into cows? That have been turned into cows. Uh, so it says the first record... Uh, the, the first recorded instance of squirrels being turned into cows, incidentally, was the result of time travel. In the year 1776, a group of scroll subversives came to the planet Earth during a period of time in which the United States of America was seeking its independence from British rule. A scroll spy was sent to pose as Thomas Jefferson to ensure passages uh, about slavery remained in the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights. The intent was that uh, if the human race was accustomed to slavery, then it would be easier for the scrolls to enslave them. However, this plan was uh, thwarted by the Fantastic Four, heroes from the 21st Good. century, uh, who had traveled back in, in time to this era to locate the chrono anchor that was lost in this era. Uh, Reed Richards uncovered the scrolls and used hypnosis to make them believe they were cows, a trick that Reed Richards used on scrolls uh, in his own time, many, many years earlier in his career. The fate of these scroll cows are unknown. However, it, it could go to explain why there is a huge population of scroll cows in modern times. What? Yeah. Yeah, wild stuff. I, 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 think I, need they, to... I think they come back, too. Kill crew. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The the, scr the scrolls are all <laughs> over the place. Marvel. And, and this is what I'm amazed that they're like cows. All right, let's run with it. And then decades later, it's like, yeah, they still turn the scrolls into cows. This is how you deal with a scroll. It's part of the canon now. <laughs> that yeah. wasn't a one-off thing. We're gonna keep doing this. I. I, I really hope they, they have that in the Fantastic Four movie. Like, have a scroll spy in, in that one. Like, because in the MCU, a little bit of spoilers here if you haven't seen Captain Marvel. Um, mm. But the, the, the scrolls are made to look like the bad g -g 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 guy, but then mm. they're not at the end. Yeah. Uh, but what if there are other scrolls out there who are the bad g g guys and stuff right. like that? So yeah, there is like a scroll spy or something, and then the MCU Fantastic Four film, they just t turn them into c cows. They have to. It would be amazing. It would be so good. I would dig that. I would not say no to it. It's ridiculous, but it, I don't dislike how ridiculous it yeah. is. Okay. So this is my version of the Fantastic okay. Four. So I started with Sue. I appreciate Sue. She's pleasant. If I met this version of Sue in real life, 
Uh, if our paths crossed across time, we'd be friends, I think. But I'm like, there's not much to her yet. If I was to make a Sue in this time period, what would I want my Sue to be? And I thought the 19, like 1961, this is part of the age of the hostess, of parties, okay. of entertaining, of the woman with her big, magnificent kitchen where she can make all these party dips. And she's wearing like a, a big, poofy A-line dress. And she's ready to invite you over to you know, play the Pinochle and listen to records or whatever. I have no idea. So I would like a Sue. Is. It's an old, it's an old game. It doesn't matter which that. old game it is. So I want to sue who's like a hostess entertainer extraordinaire and an absolute gossip. She wants to know everything about everybody. She just wants to dig in everybody's business. Okay. Sure. She she loves to see what people are up to and she loves to be seen. She loves to go out in her new gowns from, from Macy's, you know, and parade the town and go to all these social engagements. And so she's got this irony of now I am invisible. No, no Nobody can see, can see me, me but I can sneak in anywhere and find out what anybody's up to. So she's got this Harriet the Spy life going on. Yeah. She's like, I'm just going to follow my old friends around and see what they're doing. I, I would like she gets- 100% be up for that if the movie's main character was her, not Reed. Like mm-hmm. if, if it focused on her, that would be amazing. Right. So Sue's already started with, and I imagine like her and Reed met in college she just, he was a scientist and she just was not even in science, maybe. Sure. She just saw him and she's like, who is that guy? What are you up to? I'm real interested in you now. And just learned science sure. to like know what the heck he was up to. She's like, well, now I'm a statistical genius now instead of getting a degree in world history. So I'm just going to pal around with you. We're dating now. And he's like, okay, ma'am. <laughs> and Reed, he's the Renaissance man. He's been president of too many clubs, jack of too many trades. This is a guy who's done every hobby he's like got a giant page in the yearbook like yeah he's president of woodworking club and fencing club and track team and photography team he's basically jason schwartzman from rushmore he's always been pulling himself in a thousand different directions and he wonders when he lands on space travel as his next passion like should i stick with this should I stick with this girl? Should I stick with Sue? I really like Sue. And then he becomes, again, I'm trying to design. I spent a lot of time on this, Kyle. I'm trying to design this ironic level to all of their powers. Where he's like, like I want to become a... He's, huh? he's like space travel. I guess it's not that much uh, uh, of a stretch. he's trying to become one whole contained consistent person and then he is given the ability to literally stretch and then he's given this great cosmic knowledge and he finds himself pulled in all these directions again Mm -hmm. he's got almost no center to himself as a person he's just a series of manic actions trying to live and to lead ben again i'm thinking this is all like what would happen in the 1960s. What is the culture at that time? And I thought about these comic books and like those ads in the back of the comic books. It's like x-ray specs and you know, take this pill and you could be as buff as the guy at the beach who kicks sand in your face. Yep. You know that thing? Yeah. <laughs> Dim mock. So Ben. The death touch. <laughs> so I'm picturing Ben as this scrawny little like pre-super serum Steve Rogers guy. Sure. 
scrawny little guy, nothing to him. He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to take one of these back of the comic book pills and I'm going to get real strong. He tries it. It does nothing. Maybe it makes him sick. And he's like, I'm done with this. I've learned my lesson. Uh, there are no shortcuts to anything. And you know what? It's okay that I'm not a big buff guy who kicks sand in people's faces. I can be a scrawny little guy and maybe he's real smart. Maybe he's almost like as smart as Reed. And he's building like all these models of spaceships because he's in a, he's in a space travel too. He's got all these tiny little models that he works on with his tiny little hands. And he's like, you know what? I don't have to be the big guy. I'm proud to be me. I'm okay. I've worked hard to be here. I'm proud of my accomplishments. Then he goes to space and he becomes a giant rock man. He thing. feels transformed, disfigured. And it's the sort of like, oh, why did this happen to me? But also like, I didn't earn this. I told myself I'm okay not being strong and here yeah, I am I and made, now I'm strong. Right. And he's like, I didn't work to do this. So he's also in this head mind frame of I didn't earn anything I have, both in this accursed woe is me way, but also like, oh, I don't deserve to be this strong. Like I didn't lift the weights. I didn't put the work in. Like he's trapped in this Faustian bark and he feels like where he's like, I don't, I have these powers, but I feel weird using them because I know I am not supposed to have these. This is wrong. Everything is wrong. He's like, I just want to be like a smart guy who built models of spaceships, but whoops, my giant rock hands crushed all the spaceships. And now I'm trying to volunteer like, hey, Reed, let me help me you with this calculation. And Reed's like, oh, that's okay, Ben. Uh, can you lift this giant pile of iron girders with your strength? And so now everything about himself that Ben took pride in is brushed aside. He's yep. just the strong guy now. That's that all sense. he is. He's been reduced to being only the strong guy. And he's like, I hate this. <laughs> Which I think would give him a nice edge as a superhero. He That's his creed. There are no shortcuts to anything. You work for what you have. So he's going to take down every bank robber out there. Mm -hmm. you, do, you put in your hard, honest work, Ben Grimm says. And then Johnny. I took a little while to figure out what I wanted from Johnny. What's That's interesting to me... One. See, I mean, I, I, I feel like his character is pretty good. He is the hot head, and now he mm. literally is the hot head. <laughs> What's interesting to me is that he had no business being where he was in the first place. Yeah. Why is he there? It's just like, oh yeah, and there's Sue's brother Johnny. Why? Why is he here? Why is he hanging out? Why are they also like, yeah, Johnny can come to space with us. That's okay. Oh, <laughs> so like there's a seatbelt. He'll be right, fine. He'll be safe. So I latched onto that concept of a guy who's not supposed to be anywhere that he is. How did he get there? How did he talk his way into this? Mm -hmm. And I thought about a movie I watched earlier this year that is set around the same time period Kyle, have you seen Catch Me If You Can? I have, yeah. Johnny Storm is just Frank Abagnale Jr. He's a little con man. He's a con teen. He's like... Interesting. Right. So I imagine he's like several years younger than Sue. There's like an eight, nine, ten years age gap between them. Like, you know, she went off to college. Their parents divorced or you split up or became estranged. Nobody's really paying what attention to Johnny. Johnny's upset really her brother he conned his Ooh. way into their family too <laughs> like, he, like he's the, the like lost stepson or, or, or something and he somehow just made it 
work and now he's just like oh sh- shit i'm stuck now now i have to and then he he's on this space this, this space adventure with them and he gets powers he's just like what have i got myself into what have i got myself what, into what i've been imagining is that he is just like this ignored like lonesome boy who's lashing out just like in catch me if you can and he's sure, like yeah. i'm just gonna go lie around uh f- lie my way into cool places i want to be i'd like to be a pilot let's see if i can lie my way into that like, he's just doing everything leonardo dicaprio does in that movie like yeah i'm a pilot uh yeah i'm a doctor yeah i'm this like he's learned all these forgery skills he's also real smart and then yeah. like sue finds out she you know, she goes back to try and connect with her kid brother she hasn't seen him forever since she went away to college and started dating reed she's like, what have you been up to because you know she's got the mind for gossip for secrets like she sees right through him she figures out what go- what's going on and she's like you are done with this i'm not gonna have you lying and cheating anymore you're gonna come to this not big city tell sight. mom and dad you're like coming up here to go to college. You're going to live in this apartment with me. I'm keeping an eye on you. I'm going to have you go straight after all of this. And so that's why she's like, yeah. And you're coming to space with me too. I don't know how long I'm going to be in space. So you're coming with me. Cause I don't want you getting up to antics while I'm gone. And so then he becomes the human torch, which is ironic because he has burnt many things to the ground for fake insurance money. Yeah. He's like put out insurance claims on things that he doesn't even own, burns them, and he's like, "Well, uh, arson. Where's my money?" So now <laughs> he has found that he is—he's burned his own previous life to the ground for insurance money. There you go. Go good stuff. I think that works. I, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about this. Marvel, please enjoy my pitch for the new fabulous 1960s Fantastic Four, uh, where they're just really chaotic and they have parties all the time. Yes. Uh, like I like I can definitely see it too because there's a uh, Nick Fury comic book by Jim Steranko and the art. Mm. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, well, I, I don't remember if it was one issue in particular or if it was like a whole run of them, but he did silent ish, ish, issues. Mm. There were no words, uh, but it was just like the, the artwork. Um, but he, I, wow. Like, fun fact, he had a hard time getting paid on that one because they're like, well, you didn't write anything. He's like, yeah, but I'm like, I came up with the story that they're drawing. <sighs> like, you're paying me for that. Um, but it, it it is the like 60s, 70s, uh, spy James Bond thriller with like funky colors and, <laughs> and, and, stu- and stuff like that. And yeah, I think that would fit well with the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. I just want Catch Me If You Can, Fantastic Four, please hire me. Cool. Uh, but back to these 10 issues here. Do you have stuff to say on the art or the writing? Because we, we have yet to say oh. much about uh, the, the art or the writing itself. I dug the art a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of panels that don't have a background, yep. <laughs> which I imagine may have been a, a, a cost or time-saving measure at the time. But to have them just in these like colored voids... <laughs> And then sometimes they're painted, like, they're blocked out all in one color, too. So there's just, like, a yellow thing in front of this pink background, like, yeah. punching a monster or something. I, I don't it's know how real much cool, of like... that is the original colors. Uh, oh. I, I know, because I read these on uh, the Marvel Unlimited app. I, 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 
I just went straight back to the Fantastic Four and was like, give me issue one. Um, oh. But they, yeah, they've like digitized them and recolored them so it's digital colors and stuff like that. So I, I, I don't know if the Masterworks looked like it was mm. digitally done or not. Um, Didn't seem like it. But yeah, like that, that is some of the things that they used to do back in the day mm. of, of just like do these like stark color on terrace of like here is this you know all pink p person on this green background just, yeah uh, i dug it i i dug that absence of backgrounds in some mm -hmm. panels because this story is so silly and free-flowing and there's not a lot of like well these are the laws of how magic and science work in this world yeah. like it's kind of a free-for-all and it's like yeah what do you need a background for does it matter yeah whether they're like on a magic island or like on the streets of New York or in Dr. Doom's castle or whatever, all the same stuff could still be happening. Yeah. And I, I know they were also kind of limited by the printing process of just mm. like they only had certain colors that they could work with or certain combinations. Um, so interesting stuff. What's What's neat to me is that Jack Kirby is doing the pencils. However, this I don't think is really the style that Jack Kirby is known for. Mm -hmm. um, it's not his signature style, um, and so it it's it's always fun for me to get to see artists do their like older styles or stuff that is like this is not the st the stuff that made them famous per se, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm sure, sure you guys have all seen like paintings of Picasso that that, that he did, right? Uh, but he did a lot of photography work too. Yeah. He, he experimented with light and long exposures and like drawing things with light as the camera is capturing it and stuff like that. And like it's fascinating to see or to see his more like see his more realistic paintings it's just like wow i didn't know he could actually do that <laughs> stuff uh and so with yeah. with this it's like oh yeah wow I, I didn't know he could do a more traditional style i mean like i did know but it, it, it is just like wow like this is him before he had really came up with his own signature style yet so but it's like wow this is where he got start i mean i I'm sure he was working on stuff before this, but still, I think you know what I mean. Yeah. It's 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 still the same old Stan Lee that I know and love, where he just tells everything that's happening in the panel, which is like, gee, thanks, Stan. Like, I get it. I understand it. But... You don't necessarily need to tell me this stuff, but it's it's in its own way, it's charming. <laughs> yeah, it's so wordy. It's so like omnipotent narration heavy. And like I said, I'd never yeah. like I kind of got the vibe of Stanley's style just from hearing the man himself talk about stuff, but I had not read anything he had written. And I'm like, oh, it's exactly oh, this is a lot. <laughs> like it, it is. That's that's I think one of the co cool thing that that that. <sighs> happens with with his older books that it, it is just unapologetically him and it's mm -hmm. it's it's how he it's how he talks it's how he's 
always been it's just like wow like he he really did have his style down yeah like from from almost day one it's like this is how my comics will be (laughs) it's got that and it's got that like brazen braggadocious confidence to it like i think they said after issue three they started printing america's favorite comic magazine at the top of fantastic four partially because they were getting positive feedback but also i imagine to like bulk up their reputation a bit yeah and there's a couple of these issues where this is not mentioned anywhere in this masterwork. You just have to kind of guess what's going on. I guess they were also starting the Incredible the Hulk, Hulk yeah. at the same time. Because just in the margins of these comic panels, they've just written, who is the Hulk? The Hulk is coming. Watch out for the Hulk. And the Hulk makes no appearance in any of these comics. Yeah. It's just like a, a cross-promotional thing. And yeah. it's not an ad. It's not it's, like they put an ad in the back of the comic book. They that's just interesting the that they kept the it panel. in on the Masterworks thing. They did, you would, yes. You would think they would take it out. No, I guess it's, it's part of the not, story. Well, it's not, not actually really, part of though. the... It, well, it's not part of this story, but part of the meta story of like, this is where Marvel guess, Comics yeah. began. This is our first family and our first weird interloper, the yeah. Incredible Hulk, who just talked about, but is not there. Yeah. Like, what fun, a though. wild way to promote something. We'll just write it next to, to that thing. That's like if you watched... Wonder Woman and she's walking down the street and she walked past a poster plastered onto the side of a wall that just said Shazam is on his way <laughs> watch out for Shazam next hey, they, they, they kind of did that in I am legend what that movie with I have not seen it is that is this part of a universe no so in in I am legend. There's a scene where he's dr- driving the, down the, 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 yeah. the road in a sports car because everyone yeah. has been turned into these like vampire zombie things. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no one a- a- out there. And so he's just dr- 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 yeah. driving fast down the road and he passes this giant billboard, which has a Batman versus Superman like billboard. No, it and can't. This was years before, like we oh, knew that there was oh. gonna be a Batman versus Superman thing. Yeah, um, and so we were sitting there, like, oh my god, like what? This sounds like I. Please make this. Please say this is ha- happening, and it eventually did. So, whoa. Jack says the comics version of Waiting for Godot, Waiting for the Hulk. (laughs) (laughs) Hulk never shows up. Hulk is God. Um, I don't know if I have much else to say on these books. They were a lot of fun. They were, yeah. To go back and read old Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, see where it all starts. Mm-hmm. Good stuff indeed. Did you have uh, recommendations? Ugh. Or if p- people liked this stuff, what else might they want to check out? I, 
I knew that The Incredibles was modeled after the Fantastic Four, but after reading this, I gained an extra appreciation for it. Because the first villain that they face together as a family after Syndrome, who acts as their origin story, kind of, at the end of the first movie, that Underminer pops up from below the ground. (laughs) I'm like, oh, that's going to be a nod to the Mole Man being the Fantastic Four's first villain. I'm like, I get it now. I see what you did, Brad Bird. Yeah. Yeah, just you know, I can't do any better than just going to watching The Incredibles again. Which, yeah, and on on one hand it's sad to say, on one hand it's not because The Incredibles is a fantastic movie, and Incredibles Two is also very very good. But it's also the best Fantastic Four movie we have. I will say, okay. Our dad took us to see the Fantastic Four movie, the first one, mm-hmm. the the Owen Gruffold one, and like I didn't like it. I was also not a superhero person then at sure. all. I was not a superhero person until I saw Avengers. So it was a genre that didn't appeal to me. I'm like, I was also like the closest I've ever been to Surly at that age. You know, I'm like 13, 14, 15, I don't know. And I'm like, I thought it was really, like, the plot was flimsy. Uh, The thing sat down on a bench, and he didn't break it. What's that about? How am I supposed to believe? (laughs) Yeah, so I watched that movie as a youth when it came out, didn't like it. I I think some friends and I put it on when we were hanging out once a couple years ago, and I'm like, oh, I get this more. Mostly, I just get that Owen Gruffled is very handsome. So I've been wanting to go back and rewatch these movies, and... Uh, the the new one where he's not Owen Gruffled. I want to watch all of them, even knowing that they are not good, to like see what I can get out of them now as I have grown up and I have changed and I am more yep. uh, attuned to what it is that they would be trying to do, whether they're successful at it or not. So I guess come back. Uh, I will report back in the future. Watch the space for my thoughts on all of the other Fantastics Four. Um, so the first thing I kind of wanted to recommend is actually something I don't know much about. So it, it's just like, hey, you might okay. want to check this out, but I don't know if I can really recommend it. Um, there was a DC comic book called The Terrifics. I believe it just ended or huh. is about to end. But yeah, it is their version of the Fantastic Four uh they're not Mm. necessarily related but it's all characters that like have similar powers right um and do all of that stuff i I think i remember reading the first issue or something when it came out and it seemed pretty good the art was fantastic um but i I, it's just a short run i i don't know how many issues it is off the top of my head but but yeah it seemed to do well and people seem to really like it i think it was a little bit of a darker take or a more serious take because of of course it's in the dc universe um yeah but besides that i did find the name of the comic that i was referring to earlier in the show that was that like sci-fi comic uh i didn't know what it was this uh is a comic called space hawk um and you can Read it for free on Comixology Unlimited. Uh, and it says, let's see, Basil Wolving, Wol- Basil Wolverton is one of the greatest, most idiosyncratic talents in comic book history. Uh, though he was best known for his 
humorous grotesqueries in Mad Magazine. It is his science ah! fiction character Space Hawk that Wolverton fans uh, have most uh, demanded to be collected. Um, and then demanded. Yeah. So, let's see. Uh, Blah, 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 as Space Hawk features every story from Space Hawk's intergalactic debut in 1940 to his final Nazi-crushing adventure in 1942, Space Hawk is the closest thing to a colorfully costumed conventional action hero um, that uh, he created. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I've, I've, I think I read like half of, of this book. It's like 274 mm-hmm. pages uh, oh. It's just a bunch of different adventures. It reads really slowly, but it is that like psychedelic, weird sci-fi space Ooh. adventures that they that the Fantastic nice. Four got into. Of like, oh no, there's this meteor about to crash on our planet, and Space Hawk happens to be right there. He's like, well, we can sh- sh- shrink your entire planet, right? Like it, it's it's th- that stuff, um, and it's it's fun. It's it's a lot a lot, lot of fun. So I would recommend checking something like that out. Mm-hmm. There you go. Nice. My recommendation on that. Uh, Melissa, it's my turn to do the pitches for this next week. Yeah. Uh, I have three things here. Let me pull up my notes. Oh, to the notes. Okay. Melissa, I have three audio dramas. Hey! There you go. We kind of challenged each other a yes. while back on, I think it was the captain's log. I was like, Melissa, you yeah. need to pitch more comics. And you did, and you did that this week. And so I, I was like, you know what? This is the week that I will also um, be a man of my word and be like, I'm going to pitch an audio drama because I think since you've come on the show, you have been the only one to pitch them. Yep. Uh, and they're all my ideas. Audio dramas are kind of few and far between here on the review show. So, pitch number one: Flyest Fables. Um, Ooh. I would like to do season one, which is eight episodes plus two bonus ones. This is an audio drama anthology that follows a magical book and the young. Kids who open it, they are often in need of escape or or some help dealing with their lives outside of the pages of the book. Um. So it's it's also made entirely by one person. He does all of the voices and stuff like that. So I thought that was neat that it, it it is this kind of magical book that when different people open it up they read different sections or get different stories and it kind of helps them uh, escape or relate to what's happening in their own personal life and stuff like that i thought that would be fun Uh, and since one person is making it it's neat to just see that level of intimacy right in the story telling so i dig that okay number one Pitch number two is what's the frequency? Uh, I also wanted to do season one, uh, which I I don't know if they've gone into season two yet. I'm not sure. Uh, But this is 12 12 episodes with some extras mixed in there. Um, This is an experimental and psychedelic noir story set in 1940s. 
1940s L.A. I am stuttering so much. Um, Walter Troubles Mix and his partner Whitney are looking for a missing writer as all of Los Angeles is falling victim to a murder-inducing radio broadcast. Uh, And if I'm not mistaken, this is some of the creators that made the audio drama Greater Boston, uh, which is one of my favorites. Um, Yeah. really loved that one and they did fantastic character work and stuff like that so i'm hoping we get that level of quality in this one as well but i have yet to check this one out and last but not least i actually thought this would be a good follow-up to what we just read the fantastic horror yeah uh, i wanted to pitch marvels the this is a 10 episode audio drama based off of the graphic novel of the same name um, depicting the early days of the Marvel Universe. Uh, Phil Sheldon and Ben Yarrick document and report on the aftermath of the Fantastic Four's battle with Galactus. Um, And this one is neat because a lot of the superstars of the audio drama uh, community have uh, contributed to this. I know Paul Bay from the Black Tapes podcast worked on this. I know Lauren Shippen of the Bright Sessions wrote for some of this as well. And I believe Misha Stanton did a lot of the sound work and stuff. Uh, He was from Ars Paradoxica and the Bright Sessions and stuff like that. Um, I have read this book I've, I've read the graphic uh-huh. novel. Uh, it's really, really cool. We covered it on the Whatnots podcast a long time ago. It was me and P- Paul. And yeah, it's like the early days of the Marvel universe and how it all got started from the perspective of like the everyman on the street reporter. Uh, yeah. And- I thought it would be an interesting thing to kind of follow this up with. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I don't know if you want to pick that one or not, but those are my pitches. Pitch number one, flyest fables. Pitch number two, what's the, fr- what's the frequency? And pitch number three, marvels. These are neat. I'd heard of Marvels, but I had not heard of the other two. Okay. So good job finding audio dramas I didn't already know. We have a really neat variety here, but I I want more of them. I want more. I'm not entirely satisfied by these early comics, so I am going to pick Marvels. Okay. I've read them. I would like to now hear them. I I need read in my ears. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm stoked. I'm fantastic. It was originally when they were making it. I know it was all behind a paywall, and then like two mm. weeks ago, three weeks ago, they were like, okay, it's finally all out for free, and I was like, oh hell yeah, I want to go check that nice. out. Um, but yeah, this is the graphic novel. Um, it is by Kurt Busick and Alex Ross. Um, sure, you guys have seen some of the paintings and stuff that. Alex yeah. Ross does, but his artwork is fantastic. Owing it to camera here so you guys can see all that stuff. It is beautiful. Um, I've read that, but I'm excited to check out the audio drama version of that. And I, I forget who. There's, I think it's one of one of the Wu Tang members plays 
Method, Method Man, Man is yeah. in this. He's he's a which is a fun surprise in in this. I think he plays Ben. Yeah, Urich or Phil. No, he plays. Uh, it says Ben Urich. Ben, so ben I think Urich. he's one of the investigators. He's not Ben Graham. No, 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 not Ben. Uh, there's ben. other names that I'm scrolling past that seem vaguely familiar, but I can't tell you exactly who they are. Uh, maybe I know them from other audio dramas. No, this seems cool. Yeah. This seems really cool. Uh, and it is, for the listener, if they're interested, it is 10 episodes, and they're all like uh, 20 to 30 minutes long. So this seems like the perfect length. Yeah, and you guys can get it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to our podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm excited. So This will be yeah, fun. So, uh, we just read issues 1 through 10 of Fantastic Four. I think when they first meet Galactus, that's issues 48, 49, and 50. In the Fantastic Ooh. Four, um, so yeah, it, it's it's still kind of right th- th- there in that same era. It should be fun. Neat. So, uh, so we will do that for next week. I do want to give you guys a heads cool. up. Uh, the week after that is when we will be doing season three of Mister Robot. Um, yes, that is falling at the end of the month. Uh, and I don't know if we have worked details out yet, but I know Jack, you wanted to be on that one, so we might have you on yeah. that one as as well. Uh, that should be exciting. So be on the lookout for that. Mm-hmm. That'll be a good one. Indeed. Um, I think that's it, Melissa. Where can the people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. You can find me at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you guys want to stay up to date with our shows, we are on Twitter as The Whatnots. Uh, you guys can find us there. Go like, share, subscribe. We're sitting at 73 subscribers on YouTube. Uh, so if you guys want to mm. help us out and follow us on YouTube, you can see our lovely faces. Hello, camera. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that would help us out a ton. But with that, uh, we will see you guys next time, next week. This has been episode 110. Yeah, 110, man. That's a lot. 110 of the Whatnots Review Show. We will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.